Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Right. Today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, clinical pharmacy specialist at QSource, Amanda Ryan. Amanda received her PharmD from Midwestern University and has a certification for geriatric pharmacy. She has worked in both the retail pharmacy settings and long-term care settings and has MTM experience. Amanda, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. It's great to be here with you today. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps and tell us a bit more about your personal life. Sure. Um, So I actually live in Franklin, Tennessee. I've got two kids. I've lived in the Middle Tennessee area now since 2008, so um, I'm not originally a Southerner. I'm I'm a transplant, but I really enjoy living in Nashville. It's a great city. I lived in Chicago prior to moving down to Nashville, where I went to pharmacy school at Midwestern, and so my husband was really interested in living somewhere new um, after we lived in Chicago, and so he was really the the driving force, I guess, behind that. Um, We moved down here and didn't know anybody. So it's been great uh, living here and getting to know everybody and the Southern culture and uh, being a pharmacist here in Nashville. Well, we have a lot of transplants in Nashville, and it's certainly a booming area for health care. So you've been with QSource for about two years Can you tell us a little bit about what QSource is and and kind of your role on the team? Sure. Uh, So QSource is a nonprofit company that is a consultancy firm for healthcare quality improvement. So we do lots of various projects and work with many organizations on healthcare quality improvement activities. So the one I focus most of my time on is a contract that we hold with CMS, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, There are a lot of initiatives that are within that contract. It includes things like improving care for patients who have heart disease, controlling blood pressure, controlling cholesterol, aspirin and therapy where appropriate. Uh, It also includes care coordination activities, so helping patients when they leave the hospital and are going to a skilled nursing facility and then perhaps going home with home health services, making sure all the coordination of care is happening appropriately and that we're communicating among the different health care providers. We also help improve quality of care in nursing homes, so reducing inappropriate use of antipsychotic medications, as an example, reducing incontinence rates, um, helping reduce falls. We also have a couple of initiatives that I work a little more closely on. One is increasing immunization rates, so especially with flu, pneumococcal, and herpes zoster. I also help with some of our classes for diabetes self-management education, So we both train patients directly, so Medicare beneficiaries in particular, 
And we also train peer educators so that they can train patients in diabetes self-management education. And then I spend most of my time on a piece of our work that uh, focuses on medication safety. So we are looking to, number one, reduce adverse drug events from opioids, anti-diabetic agents, and anticoagulants. And we are also looking to reduce utilization of emergency department services, inpatient services for patients who are taking those medications. So we work with four other states um, besides Tennessee. So we also work with Indiana and Kentucky and Mississippi and Alabama. So I'm the pharmacist that helps coordinate really anything having to do with medications for that five-state region. So QSource works um, under the umbrella in those five states of what's called Atom Alliance. So we are the Quality Innovation Network Quality Improvement Organization for that five-state region. Well, it sounds like you stay pretty busy uh, managing (laughs) five different states, and there are a lot of great quality initiatives that you're working on and and uh, how do you how does QSource determine which patients to focus on if it's a CMS granted uh, awardee how do you choose is it working with specific patients or do you have specific entities that participate in these these multi-state groups That's a good question. So our work is funded by CMS. So for the most part, we do focus on Medicare beneficiaries. So patients over age 65 or those with disabilities that qualify them for Medicare. However, when we're working on quality improvement activities, it really does affect all patients. So we work with any type of healthcare provider and really any stakeholder. So examples are hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, dialysis facilities. We absolutely work with patients and beneficiaries because they are the reason we provide care. So we always want them at the table as well. So anybody is always welcome to work with us. And we really, although we focus on on the specific Medicare population, are really looking to improve care for everybody. Wow. So what are some of the skills that you have that really lend themselves well to your current role? So I would say... I use pretty much everything in my background that I experienced before I came to this position. So you mentioned before, Hillary, that I started in retail pharmacy. So the piece that I really draw from that is the talking to one-on-one with patients to trying to understand their experience and really get to know them. That's really important in the work I do now. Since we're trying to help make their health care better, it's important to know the patients. Um, communication with physicians was a big part of that, and, and I still do that um, on a regular basis as well. And then after I was in retail pharmacy, I worked in long-term care pharmacy. I did that for about six years altogether, and I did a lot of different things when I was there. You mentioned medication therapy management. Those were That's one of the things I did in that role. And medication therapy management and appropriately managing medications for the beneficiaries that we're serving now is, is very similar. So we're looking to make sure that there are not medication-related problems. And if there are, we're trying to work with the entire community to figure out how to solve those problems, kind of more on a population level, but similar concept. And then uh, another thing was that I did uh, consulting in the long-term care facility. So I was able to make recommendations and really be part of the team that was in the long-term care facility. So that's an important thing that I carry to this role here at QSource 
since all of the work is about building relationships and it, it takes a team sport really to, to improve healthcare. So that was something that was really useful for me. Uh, one other thing that I would just mention that's not really a skill, but I really feel like my involvement with the Tennessee Pharmacists Association was key to building relationships within pharmacy and outside of pharmacy that's been helpful in this role. And it's really how I found out about this role at QSource in the first place. So it's been really valuable to me. That's amazing. And I'm sure as you move from Chicago down to Tennessee, probably joining the Tennessee Pharmacists Association was one of those ways that helped you really get plugged in in Nashville. Absolutely, yes. And yeah, that that's great that you were able to, to have such a robust uh, background that you can draw from and is really helping you be successful in your current role. Amanda, you know, you've had a lot of uh, experience in your career, and do you have any lessons learned that you might want to share with our listeners out there? Sure. I think probably the biggest lesson I learned happened before I even went to pharmacy school. So initially, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in biology, and I intended to get a Ph.D., I was ready to go right out of undergrad. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get a PhD in cell physiology. That was the program I started. And so I went to that program, and I realized very quickly that it just was not a good fit for me. (laughs) Um, I stayed there for a semester, and then I decided I needed to do something else. And at that point, I was really kind of lost because I had a singular goal in my head, and it just didn't work out the way I had planned it. So it it took me kind of a while to figure out where to go next. So I did a lot of talking to people. Um, I took some personality tests. I did all kinds of things over the next five years or so. Um, I spent about three of those years working at Loyola Medical Center in Chicago doing leukemia research in a basic science molecular biology lab. And so I had the benefit of taking classes. It was one of the benefits of my employment. And then I finally came to realize that pharmacy was the place that really fit. I felt like I belonged there. I felt like it fit my skill set. I felt like it was a place where I could use the talents and the gifts that I had been given in order to help people in the, you know, in the most beneficial way. So it it took a long time for me to kind of get to where I realized where I needed to go. And I also was a little bit older than most of the other students in my pharmacy curriculum. But for me, the experiences that I had before I got there, it it helped me get through pharmacy school, too. Because it's like, you know, I've tackled some hard things already. I know I can do this, too. So it was was really helpful and not the way I envisioned it, but it, it turned out really well in the end. That's so interesting. And, you know, I think a lot of times... Pharmacists being uh, type A personalities, you know, we're so afraid to fail or we're afraid to that we have this goal in mind and then something changes. And so I think that you kind of being open to change and, you know, just realizing that it's okay if it takes a little bit 
more time to get to exactly where you want to be. But now you've, you're in the groove and, and are able to use all of your past experiences and skills. So Amanda, tell us a little bit about something that you've uh, been really successful in so far in your career and what are some of the things that helped contribute to that success? I would say my biggest successes, and this kind of goes back to what you were just saying about things not really turning out the way you expect them, but some of my biggest successes have really come in opportunities that I didn't even realize were out there initially. So a couple of examples uh, examples of that are when I was in pharmacy school, I had heard about consultant pharmacy in the long-term care arena, and I knew kind of about what that was, but I never really thought that that was going to be an opportunity for me. And so when that came up, it was a really exciting thing, and I was happy to be a part of that. So that's just something that I never realized was was going to present itself, and it did. And I was really able to understand the way skilled nursing facilities work and how we can best serve those patients. It inspired me to get my board certification in geriatric pharmacy. Um, And then I guess the second one that really goes along with that is quality improvement. I I don't think I ever heard the phrase quality improvement in pharmacy school. Um, maybe, maybe students do now, and, and you, you all are starting to learn some of these. Um, I have given a lecture at Lipscomb on quality improvement, so I know some students, if, if you heard that lecture, um, know what I'm talking about. But I didn't even know it was out there. And really, quite frankly, pharmacy is pretty new to the table for quality improvement activities. Nursing, and and there are specific quality improvement professionals that have really been on board for quite a long time, but I really see us as a key piece to this puzzle, and it's been an opportunity that I've been really excited to have and I'm really excited to work on, and so I I really kind of see those as, as my biggest successes is finding new ways to utilize the pharmacist on the team. I love that. Finding new ways to utilize the pharmacist on the team. And, you know, there are some organizations coming out with uh, PQA, Pharmacy Quality Alliance, Mm -hmm. and different things like that, really looking at those quality pieces. And so I think we're going to be seeing a really big shift to quality as we're moving towards that value-based care. And so you're going to be right in the kind of using your expertise and and hopefully can continue to share that with students and and others throughout the profession. Amanda, how do you stay current about what's going on in healthcare and more specifically within the pharmacy field? And that, Hillary, is certainly a challenge because there's something new (laughs) coming out all the time, Uh, new information, things are changing. Uh, First thing I do that probably a lot of people do is I sign up for all the relevant listservs. So I'm a member of both American Pharmacists Association and the Tennessee Pharmacists Association. So I'm part of special interest groups from APHA, and I get lots of information from TPA. Uh, but besides that, there really is no substitute for talking to people. Like, like for example, coming here today to, to meet you and to learn about Dispensary of Hope is really one of the best ways to stay current, is to see what challenges people are facing every day in, in whatever setting they work in, whether that's patients, whether it's physicians, other pharmacists. I, I really have found no better substitute than just getting to know people and finding out what, what they do. 
And we always hear that pharmacy is a small world. So yes, yes building <laughs> and networking and, and growing those relationships is, is certainly a great way to stay current. So what are some of the things that excite you about the future of pharmacy? Well, a couple of different things. Uh, first is it seems slow, but I really am excited about the progress about becoming truly recognized providers of healthcare for pharmacies and really being an indispensable part of the healthcare team that we really don't think twice about anymore. We are getting there, but I would really love to see the day when it, when the village of healthcare comes together, including the physician and the nurse and social workers and pharmacy, and we all just look at each other and say, we have to do this together, and we expect that. And so I, I, I'm really excited to see that progress, and, and I hope that we get there soon. Uh, second is to use our training to, to the best of our ability to help people to get the best results out of their medication. So I think once that team comes together and it starts to be the norm that and this is cliche but we'll be practicing at the top of our license all the time (laughs) and I think that's a really exciting thing and I I can't wait to see that happen. I definitely agree with that being able to practice at the top of your license we are highly skilled and have a lot of training that we receive in pharmacy school and so being able to uh, utilize all those skills to ultimately benefit the patients is really uh, what's important. So Amanda, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self and for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? So I mentioned a little while ago how I really had a singular vision going out of undergrad to go into a PhD program and earn my PhD. So the funny thing is, is when I went to pharmacy school, I did the same thing. I'm kind of a (laughs) slow learner sometimes. So I I had a very specific vision for what I wanted my career to look like. But where I'm sitting now, there's no way I could have predicted that I would be sitting where I am when I was in pharmacy school. So I would say it is really okay to not know exactly where you're going. But on the flip side, you can't, you know, just kind of wander around you always got to keep your eyes open so I'm really trying now to understand that you know I may not know exactly what opportunities or which way things are going to go but I always want to be aware of opportunities when they present themselves so that I can either take advantage of them myself or if I see someone else that's really suited to something I can share that and say, hey, you know, so-and-so, you would be really good at at this opportunity, and and I think that this would be beneficial to you and and to patients. So um, don't worry about where you're going, but keep your eyes open, I think kind of sums it up. I think that's great advice, and you've clearly talked about the importance of getting involved in different associations and building those relationships and networking and, and just getting to know other pharmacists because, Not only does it help you stay current, but it also helps you be aware of opportunities, not only for something that you might be doing, but for others too. So Amanda, so great to have you on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, and we're so thankful that you could spend some time with us today. It's been a pleasure. A lot of fun. Thanks, Hillary. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 